less stress, more time, more money. Welcome to the Cash Flow Contractor. Deep dive. Martin, uh, what advice do you have for me as a new father? Uh, you know, I had a guy take me out to breakfast one time and ask me that question. I'm, I was thinking about that the other day. Here's my advice. Get off your ass. <laughs> okay. What do you mean? I mean, you, you know, you just have a little baby right now. Well, so get off your ass and help Powell. But when you start raising kids, what, what you see people do all the time is stop doing that. Stop doing that. Or mm. Come over. But still sitting on the couch watching a football game. Yeah. It's basically do what you say and say what you do, say what you mean and get up and get off your ass. And that, and Jordan Peterson has a really good one. He said, don't let your kids do things that make you not like them. Hmm. Because if, if they're irritating you to the point they don't, that you don't like them, yeah. then that's what your, uh, that's what their peers, that's going to affect their life. So yeah. anyway, there you go. Get off I'd... your ass and don't let your kids do things that make you not like them. I like that. But now on a three week old baby, <laughs> they don't have much influence. No, they don't. Congratulations but... on that. What kind of a baby did you we have? We have a baby daughter. Her name is Mila Lee Benali Lohaj. Um, cool. Means dear one. In, oh, really? Yeah. In is Russian. that E-E-R or E-A-R? Dear or dear? Like, uh, dear Mark. Like you like them? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Like I like them. And then uh, also means industrious in Slavic, which, or hardworking. Russian and Slavic. Yeah. And then in uh, in Spanish, it's short for, do you know? What, what is it? Mila. Mila. No. Milagros. Milagros. I know the, is that beans or something like that? No, that's no. a miracle. Miracle. Oh, yeah, the, milagro. the Milagros bean fields. Remember that? Cesar Chavez. No. Oh, I'm okay. old. Anyways. Uh, it I also really... means something else. You know, have you ever read the book Mila 18? There's a town in, uh, I think it's a town. If it's not, it's an address. But uh, the Jews in World War II. Well, anyway. Fighting Auschwitz, Exodus, and Mila 18 were the three fantastic books about the uh, Holocaust. Oh, okay. Mila 18. I'll have to check that out. Um, well, thanks for that advice. I appreciate it. Life has definitely changed a lot. Um, well, you can write that but... on a card and look at it and actually memorize it. Get off my ass. <laughs> Don't let my kids do things. I'll just put it. in big letters on the wall. Yeah, you can actually probably remember that. Yeah. No, that's good. Um, I think that. Oh, forgot the other. Go ahead. Have a really, really, really great wife. That's you got big, that check mark. I got that check right. marked. Absolutely. Absolutely. Super fortunate to have pal. Um, I think that with, along with what you said in your advice of do what you say you're going to do, um, that's kind of what we're talking about today Ooh. with onboarding customers, right? Great segue. We didn't plan that. Either. We didn't, no, we don't plan these segues. We're just, we're just trying to find good ways of, uh, communicating no just bantering that's also part of what we're yeah, talking about no but just bantering and then finding the the threads and right. then going along with it so um so we're yeah. on the threads till the whole thing unravels <laughs> exactly onboarding customers i think is more of I, I hear of onboarding as a term we're used in like tech companies and or innovative companies I've, i don't know that i've ever heard a contractor use the word onboarding of you um, some of my clients. Really? Oh yeah. Okay. Because that's what we, one of the things we did. Yeah. But you probably bring, bring up, Hey, we're well, going to do yeah. onboarding. Yeah. It's right? not a common, 
Yeah. And we, we've already talked about onboarding with employees um, and just how it's all about setting expectations with that employee uh, for what you expect and what they expect, and then aligning those things moving forward and basically changing the narrative here to customers rather than employees. Um, and I know we've got stories throughout about just what it looks like to onboard customers and set those expectations. Um, but yeah, what, what are some things that you think about? Well, starting off, uh, one of the things I've said it in the past, but I'll say it again is 90% of the problems in business are communications mm-hmm. and the other 10% involve communication. <laughs> and if you get your communications right with suppliers, customers, employees, everybody, things seem to go really well. Yeah. It's just managing expectations. And that's what onboarding is. And I have a great, uh, quote from Alan Greenspan <laughs> and I, I wrote it down because I can't ever seem to memorize it. It's, yeah, I, I it's know why I had to read it like four times, but he said, I know you think you understand what you thought I said, but I'm not sure that you realize that what you heard is not what I meant. Right. I'm, did he write that or did he speak that? I think he spoke it. I mean, you can find it on the internet all over the place, but that's a hard, I always have to look it up because you can't get so counterintuitive or whatever, whatever the word is. Yeah. But many communications and managing expectations clearly when I think through clients, I have so many, if they having problems, Mm -hmm. they are, like I said, communication problems and like cash flow problems. Oh yeah. What's that got to do with communication? Well, you didn't communicate clearly your terms, yep. you know, how things were going to be paid. And so, but a guy jumps to mind. I have a client in Dallas had for a long time. And remember he's changed what he does, yeah. uh, his business model. But he talked to me one day on the phone and, and he just literally said, you know, he said, I just hate this. I hate what I'm doing. He said, it, it, he said, I'm going to be working for these people for the rest of my life. I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, we do a project. It it involves design. It's not the same as building a house. You build a house, there's a house there or there's not. Right. Design things in particular, uh, let's say landscape design. It's very subjective. It's subjective. You like it. And he said, we, we bid these guys a job. We did the job. We did really good work. We made three changes. They're Mm -hmm. still not happy. We, we're not getting paid anymore. We've been paid everything. I'm still working for them. I'm going to work for them for the rest of my life. And if I don't, they're going to flame me and I'm going to get bad reviews and, and, but where does it ever stop? Yeah. And that's, that's a case in point that he hadn't managed expectations well enough yeah. at the beginning. And you get stuck in that rut. I think that, uh, contractors can relate with that, especially subs working with GCs that they don't have a lot of customers. It's, Hey, I work with these two guys, these two GCs that send me all their work and I have to, I feel like I have to do everything for them because if I don't have that work, then I don't have a business and they fall into that rut of just bowing down to the expectations, to the desires of that GC. And it creates a really poor business model. Like he he said, I'm going to be working for them for the rest of my life. Well, two things. One is they, you do have problems with GCs, but you tend to work with them over time and and learn each other where, where I see it more often is, is business uh, to consumer, uh, yeah. if you're remodeling the house or building the house or doing landscaping jobs or putting in a swimming pool, yep. then that's where you really can have problems. Because one of the things I like to say is, and I ask people when we're talking about this subject, clients say, how many of this type of jobs have you done? And they say, well, hundreds or maybe even thousands. Yeah. So how many has your average client done? 
zero. <laughs> so whose responsibility is it mm -hmm. to make clear what the expectations are? And you kind of alluded to it. Why does it happen? Um, we talk about under-promising and over-delivering as I think people have all heard that. And it, it means you're going to delight your customer by selling what and giving them more, whether it's just good communication, good service, or mm -hmm. actually more product. But what the tendency is when we're out selling, uh, it's a level of maturity, but when we're out selling is to overpromise and, and find yourself where you have to under-deliver. Under yeah. And that is a level of maturity in your selling process. It's, it's just in your life in general, right. you know, letting your yes be your yes, your no be your no. It right. falls right in line with that. I think that for business owners that want to take onboarding seriously, it's really helpful to understand where it starts, where it stops, right. uh, because you can set these expectations, but when do you deliver them? How do you deliver them? What actually do you need to set uh, expectation-wise? What are the different areas? And I think just when you realize that onboarding actually starts before you actually have a client or a customer is a really important thing right. that whenever you go into sales conversations and even before that, if you're actually doing marketing and things like that, you are setting expectations because they see your brand, they think of something, they see your ad, they think of something, you've set an expectation there. And what people don't realize is that is how this compounds. Because if you're all, for a lot of contractors, what's their only marketing? Word of mouth. Word of mouth. And so you go and you, you know, do this great pool or this land landscaping job for John Doe. And John was a terrible customer for you because he kept asking for every little thing that you didn't want to do. And you did it. You just set expectations for John Doe that he, you're going to do what he exactly he wants, how he wants, and you're not going to charge much for it. And, and what does John do? Yeah. Ask for more. He, he goes and he gets you more clients that are right. just like John right. and it compounds over time. And so if you do those jobs and you set expectations of your work and then you continue to let that compound without actually clarifying those expectations, how you want them to be, then you're, you're creating a, a recipe for disaster. Well, the other thing you get similar clients, as you said, but you also mess with your own brain. Mm -hmm. This is who I am. This is how I do it. And you mess with yourself in that you are subordinate to your customer. Absolutely. Uh, my dad, you, every, the, the saying is customers always right. Hmm. And that's patently false. I mean, the facts yeah. are, it is not correct. Yeah. But what my dad used to say was customers are always important, <laughs> but you have to think of yourself as interviewing your customer hmm. just as much as your customer is interviewing you. Absolutely. There's a level of maturity when you decide, you know what? I really kind of don't want to work with these guys. Absolutely. And I, I can give you, so we, we talked about starting early with your phone call and in your presence. Um, it comes across if you feel inferior to your customer or that you're, you're the servant and they're the master type of thing, Yep, that will show up, that will show up in your conversation and it's a mental, um, discipline yeah. to not behave that way. And I can just give you an example of, uh, uh, client, another client I have who he brought me, he puts in swimming. Yep. And he brought me a bid one day and we were going through it and he kept kind of complaining about this lady that told you she just always on this and on this and mm -hmm. on this. And could they buy that off the internet, you know, and you put it in for him and all this. And I said, get the hell away. Just walk away. Yeah. And he did. He got it. Well, he's done with that job now, but it was the most ridiculous. 
well, can we make a swim pool foot deeper? And yeah, we can, but that changes everything, you know, rebar, just everything, yeah. extra concrete in there, everything moves. And that's his effort. If, well, I looked and concrete only costs $135 a yard. So <laughs> I should get to, you know, he goes, no. Well, he's fought his way through that and he's done with it now, but they did that. They were buying things off the internet. Yeah. Uh, well, you can buy a, we'll, won't use a brand name, but a model XYZ. But there are 15 options in there. Yeah. And so here it shows up. Now I got to make it work. Well, uh, they want this full retail retail price off of the bid. Well, and we're not going to do that. That's not how I it mean, works. Yeah. It's, but all those things were not clear up front. It, yeah. It was because my client thought he needed the job, wanted the job. And, and the worst thing, honestly, about those kinds of jobs is that it, it really bogs you down and it takes you away from spending time on your business because you're so so ingrained in your business. You're not able to think about things like setting expectations for customers and working on your onboarding processes, let alone ideal customer profiles. So you know exactly the right fit of a customer right. for you so that you don't just take any job. Um, and, and that's really the, the tragedy of just bowing down to your customers at all times. I think recognizing that whenever your onboarding starts with your marketing and sales, Really, you're not able to set those expectations concretely until that sales process. It may be on a phone call. It may be during a sales meeting. It may be when you're actually, you know, actually breaking ground that you actually get those things across. But the sooner you can get them across, the better. It depends. You know, if I'm, it all, it all depends on the life cycle, the length of your job. If you're a service electrician and you're just going in to change an outlet and you're going to be there for an hour you know, your, your expectations are set in that first, on the phone call in the first five minutes you're there. If you're a pool builder and you're going to be in somebody's backyard for a couple months, you know, it's, it's set during the sales process and really throughout the first week or two of the project where you're really getting things started and breaking ground and bringing a lot of machinery in there. Um, you know, that setting expectations early, uh, sometimes without the customer even knowing it, Marcus Sheridan, who wrote the book, they ask you answer. Yeah. Um, one of the things he did to improve his sales conversion was created a 30 minute video mm -hmm. that explained, answered most of the questions about pools. And so let's say they schedule an appointment, in-person appointment for not this Friday, but the next Friday, send them out a video and said, watch this before we come. Yeah. And on the Wednesday before the Friday, they were going to meet, he calls up and said, did you enjoy the video? Oh, we haven't watched it yet. He reschedules. I, I'm not coming. Yeah. Because they haven't demonstrated even. They, they told you a lot about themselves, Yeah, how fired up they are, their willingness, and they haven't heard all the things. Um, pricing is another thing that you give people up for. Yep. Um, most people are hard, don't want to do that. And you don't have to give them the exact price, but you can give them ranges because yep. if you're going to go on sales calls and somebody said $50,000 for a swimming pool, yeah, you I are you kidding Even me? Even just it starts at, hey, right. our, our cheapest, the, the lowest, it starts at this. I have a client in New York who does closets and he's got, uh, doing a really good job. He's got ranges. Uh, and matter of fact, I was saying zero to $1,900. We, you don't want to do $1,900 closet. Oh man, I'm glad you caught that. You know, I said, yeah. yeah, there's no zero to, there's 3,500 to 5,000 because you're not doing less oh, than yeah. 35. And then there's a picture block. Typically. And then there's 5,001 to 15,000. And then there's, um, a picture of what that is. And then there's 16,000 to unlimited and there's 
couple of pictures of like ridiculous, stuff. ridiculous closets. And so, Hey, I don't want these hosers calling me up and yeah, bothering me. Absolutely. And you are showing a level of confidence mm -hmm. in revealing your prices. Yeah. I mean, you shouldn't be wasting people's time. If, if you aren't willing to give your pricing on that first initial conversation and that ranges. again, it ranges. ranges, it starts yeah. at, Hey, per square foot, this is what we're doing on average. If you're not willing to give that on your first call, you're just wasting, you're, you're wasting time for you and the customer right. and it shouldn't be doing that. And it, you're setting groundwork for you being nervous to say something. You come off way more professional when you say you're pricing up front. They're like, oh, wow, I got to take this guy serious. He's, this is, you know, uh, he knows his pricing. Not the kind of contractor we talk about, but there was a uh, web developer. Mm -hmm. Well, I have a client who's a web developer. He doesn't do that anymore. Does websites, right. but he does e-commerce, inventory track, you know, complicated yeah. websites. He would get calls from people and take a half hour of his time. Say, well, how much? Well, that'd be about $35,000. $35, right. My brother-in-law's brother can do that. You know, for, he'll do one for 500 bucks. He go, well, calling, but now you wasted my time. So I found one of his competitors had a website out of California and up in the banner, one of the words, our average website costs $105,600. And then it had the meter moving like it's now going 106,000 and now <laughs> 108,000 or whatever, but don't call me. Yeah. I mean, it's call. right at the top, yep. right at the top. And he said, well, that'll run a lot of people off. You go, yes, exactly. it will. You need to run people But the off. people who really know what they're after yeah. and know that they need, you know, I look at a Patagonia site or something like that and you want to see that. Yeah. Uh, blazer in blue and it changes the colors. I'm going, holy cow, there's a lot to that. Yeah. Well, they're not expecting to get those for $350 in the base. Yeah. So you're managing sure. expectations in your marketing at that. Absolutely. Um, expectations are everywhere. I think we've, we've talked a little bit how it's in marketing, how it's in sales. You even mentioned that Marcus Sheridan would send that video before actually coming up uh, for the scheduled job. I think we also need to realize that expectations and onboarding does bleed into the actual work that you're doing into your operations. Um, I've, I, I've mentioned it, but I just want to give some examples that, especially if you're a larger company where you've got a salesperson and then you've got a project manager, you have, there is a handoff there. The sales manager is not going to be managing the project in that instant. So on that handoff, the project manager has to clarify those expectations, reset them so that it's really clear that we're on the same page because if the salesperson says something and the project manager doesn't realize that the salesperson said that, well, now we're all off base. And so on that handoff, if you can include the project manager in some of the final sales conversations, uh, if you can have a document, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, that both the salesperson and the project manager are very I aware. I just want of. to say one thing. What's not, that? Not if you can. Yeah. Have, have such a document. Have such a document. Do it. Yeah, absolutely. Do it. And whenever that happens, you're not, actions speak louder than words. We can set the expectations verbally. We can set them on a document, but the customer is going to be watching you for that first, if it's, you know, there's, I said, the electrician service repair guy, mm -hmm. it's the first five minutes they're watching you. Are you showing up prepared? Are you, do you have a smile on your face? Do you know what you're talking about? Are you asking questions? That's setting the expectation for what this project's going to look like, even though it's really short. Same thing if you're building the pool. What does that first week look like? How is your communication? Wh what actions are you actually taking place with or 
taking action on? And what do those look like? And that's the expectation that you're setting because the wor words are one thing, but actions are a whole nother deal. And so that's why onboarding really bleeds into that operation standpoint quite a bit because people need to see that you're living out what you said you would do. Um, so we have this timeline of onboarding actually bleeding from, hey, we're getting started, but it's bleeding into the sales and marketing a little bit. It's also bleeding into the operations. So when does it end? When is onboarding it? Yeah. When they're on board. When they're on board. Yeah. When, I mean, never is kind of the answer. Uh, exactly. That's what I was um, hoping you'd say. You, you want to get all the way through the project and there's a point where you're not talking to people anymore, mm -hmm. but you need to define when it ends yep. also. Absolutely. And we're talking about it, about it over the whole range, but one thing I want to take away from people today, and we mentioned a document, we didn't say what it was. We'll get to it. But um, I think you have to have all these things you're talking about in writing. Exactly. As I said earlier, you've done hundreds or thousands of these things. You understand that if you're digging a swimming pool, you might hit a sewer pipe, right? Mm -hmm. The owner's not thinking about that. You might be thinking, hey, I got to move a gas line, which for my pool costs 4,000 freaking dollar <laughs> to move the gas line. Well, I didn't know. I mean, I knew it anyway. So things that, that can happen, uh, and you, as the person who's done hundreds of these jobs are going to tend to know what those things are yep. that routinely pop up. Now, we also recommend, that's not what this is, but that you're working with contracts mm -hmm. on these jobs. It's not just, oh, I work, I'm from the days when we had a handshake. Yeah, that's great. But that handshake kind of deal works with the right people. Yeah. But it, it's not the way to do it. And business. the right project. And, and the right project. Yeah. It, it's, it's not the way to do business. It's not. I uh, need, need a contract, but this expectation. So basically the expectation expectations are written out in a contract, mm -hmm. uh, specified. The good thing about having a contract with some of my clients is they get longer and longer. Mm -hmm. I'll give you an example. Um, the same pool guy when he mm -hmm. was new, well, when you build a swimming pool, two things are going to get, three things are going to get destroyed. Fact, end of discussion. Fence, backyard. And your sprinkler system. And your sprinkler system. Right. Yeah. Didn't mention those things in his contract. So the people are going, well, you're going to fix black fence. No, I'm, I don't do fence. Well, you tore it up. Are you kidding me? The sprinkler system used to work and now it doesn't work. And they kind of understood a little bit about the yard, but that's the easiest one. You take skid steer in there and smooth it out. Uh, what happens if you do hit a sewer, sewer pipe, all of those things wind up into your contract, but they also need to be on this expectation document. Absolutely. And my reasoning for that is, and this is just me talking, but I've always assumed that a contract meant something else than what it actually says, because as I read it, it refers to the aforementioned and the, you know, mm -hmm. here and after known as the consumer and here and before known as the provider. Yep. And you're kind of reading back to par except as laid out in paragraph three. I don't know what this means. An yeah. expectation document it's is clear. different. It's clear. It's different. Yeah. Your contracts, you want to cover you. Right. Your, your expectations document, right. you want to make sure it's clear what they can expect. Yes. You don't and want it, any blurred lines. You really want it. I mean, it doesn't, you can even say on there, you know, contract controls because mm -hmm. it does. But here are things that we need to have clarity on. Yeah. You're, and you don't soft pedal it. We'll try to avoid your sprinkler. We are going to tear up your sprinkler system. Mm -hmm. I do not fix sprinkler systems. If you want me to, I'll help you find a contract. Yep. Right. Here's one that comes up all the time. 
no change will be made to this contract without a written co-signed change order that yep. describes what you're doing and what the effect on the price is. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Uh, signed. Uh, other things that, that go wrong is, um, uh, buying the stuff off the internet. I mean, that, you know, when you bid, everybody knows this, that's listening to every contractor anyway, when you're bidding, there's kind of a profit for the whole job. Yep. You don't just get to pull out the spa or the controller and give them a retail price credit for that because you could get it down to where all you're doing is this one thing and your margin is so small. You might, might be percentage wise good, but it's so small. It doesn't really justify you even going out there, let exactly. alone the design work and all that Not stuff that you did. So you make it clear, yep. no substitutes. This is a turnkey job. Yep. Uh, if communication. Hey, you're not, you're not going to text me in the middle of the night. Hey, we, we answer phone calls from this time to this time. We, uh, reply to emails. If we don't hear from you in 72 hours, your project will be delayed. Right. You know, and yeah, for choices, like you got to pick the tile color or the paint or whatever it is, uh, weather up the job. We're, we don't control the weather. It's going to delay our project. Right. Expect it, you know, um, just, just things, a lot of people think, well, it hasn't rained for three days. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, your subs all went to another job and they're going to be there for a week. Yeah. So they need to understand that a one day exactly. rainstorm and a one day dry out doesn't mean you start on the third day. Exactly. They, you need to tell them. And that's kind of where we go back to confidence in the selling. You didn't oversell by not telling them that, but you kind of did by a cinema mission. Yeah. Because that stuff's likely to happen and you didn't tell them that. Absolutely. And, and they need to understand, they'll get mad at you anyway, mm -hmm. but you at least have this document that they've initialed each one of these lines. Uh, you also on a, on an expectation document, uh, well, I guess when you're creating it and we'll talk about this at the very end, but the, the method is think of all the things that have gone wrong or where you've had problems and misunderstandings and the yeah. customer didn't know, just think of them. And address stuff. You don't have to address everything that can possibly go wrong because that's kind of making excuses. Absolutely. But just the common things that you know are very likely to happen yeah. and discuss. I think just to, for you, you get the questions you can ask yourself are, what will this look like if it's a success for both of us? Because you want to understand what they, you want to let them know what they can expect from you. That, hey, you are going to respond within 48 hours. Mm -hmm. That you are going to, you know, cover damage to whatever on their property. Um, but you want to understand what it looks like as a success for you and the customer. Mm -hmm. You want to define what a failure is as well. What does a failure look like for you and the customer? And then what are the things that are going to frustrate you? Make sure you include those on the expectations document. I don't want this. This isn't going to happen. This isn't what we do. And if you can think through that's that. That's what you use to create the document. That's I, what you use I, to create I, the document. Don't right. a sentence that says, I don't want you. Well, but also. But, People will be much more bought in and understanding if you sit down and have a conversation about this expect these expectations. Don't just send them an email with, hey, this is a doc. No, no, read this... it. You need to have a conversation and then ask them, hey, this is what I think a success looks like. Do you agree with that? Is there anything else that you want to see that would end in success? What would a failure look like to you? What, what are some things that will frustrate you that maybe aren't on this document? Is there anything that you think we should add? And then you can have an honest conversation about them. And then people feel like it's really clear because they had a, a voice in it. It wasn't just you shoving a document in their face, mm -hmm. but it was, no, we established these things together. We had an upfront, honest conversation about it. So ultimately 
an expectations document isn't meant to be something that is just a system process that gets done. It's really meant to set you and the customer up for success. Well, it, in, uh, literally at the time you sign the contract, you go over that mm -hmm. in the initial every line and sign it at the bottom because and show them what a change order is mm -hmm. because they will come back. Well, I never heard you, <laughs> you know, we, or they'll come back and well, we talked about that and you said it. No, we didn't. And it always works out like Greenspan's quote that what, we, what you said, what they heard and what we all remember are completely different things. I mean, that's just another fact. Yeah. They're just going to be different unless you write them down. And when you have that document, say it's not fun to necessarily pull rank on them, but you pull it out and say, we talked about that. I told you this is how it's going to work. And the, the idea that you don't want to say those things because you might lose the sale is the immature is a strong word, but it, it's the less sophisticated approach. Mm -hmm. When you have your chin out and you say, no, this is the way it's going to work. I wish, I wish everything works smoothly every time, but the facts are they don't. Yeah. Your stock goes up in the eyes of a customer. You are the professional. Yeah. And that's what they really want. I mean, there's some snigglers out there that don't, but that's what they really want. Mm -hmm. Nothing more delightful than a contract. Matter of fact, I had a conversation uh, Monday with a guy who's got some work done in Vermont. And he said, it's the greatest thing. I went up there to see guys building the road and doing a bunch of stuff for it. He said, I went up there and Gilbert was the guy. He goes, within 30 minutes, I knew I had the right guy. Got back on a plane and went home. So I don't have to worry about it because Gilbert's up there. That's awesome. Period. This morning, I had a conversation. Got a friend doing a development uh, west of town. And I don't want to mention their name, but there's a well-known uh, dirt work company here. Yeah. That uh, been around about 20 years and they... 25 years. Well, I'm, I remember them because I watched them start out, but they're digging some retention ponds out there. Seriously, they're quote a quiz who was this morning and, uh, they want $440,000. Well, my friend said $440,000 to dig a hole. So he went and found another guy. Another guy said, well, I'll do it for 290,000 and said, okay, well, let's go with that guy. So he goes back to the first guy and said, well, he'll do it for 290,000. Said, that's fine. But we're going to have to spread the, he's going to pile the dirt. We're going to have to spread it around stuff. So it's cost you this. So my friend went back to them and said, okay, we'll rebid it and let me have it. He said, the price went up $30,000. And he said, I took it. Oh man. So it was 440. He went off when he came back and had him refigure it. It went up 30 and he paid it. Yeah. Because he, but, I mean, there, he, with, with the conversation this morning was about how, how good this contractor was. Yeah. He said, no problem complete confidence, engineering's done right. There's some real fine, there's not much slope on this property. So real fine drainage yeah. issues, a uh, quarter of an inch and mm. in 10 feet wow. kind of stuff. And said, these guys will do it. And ultimately people so, want confidence, right. you know, that's what you want. You yeah. want somebody who does Absolutely. it, does it right. Something that we haven't, uh, touched on a whole lot is that usually as a business owner, especially if you're small, this is actually not that difficult. You can set the expectations and then you can live out the expectations. But there, we, we mentioned the handoff earlier. And as you get bigger, as you have more people involved on your team, touching the project, dealing with the customer, this is where it gets really challenging because you're, you have expectations as a company, but you have to make sure that every single person on your team is living out those expectations. And that's where you can fall short. That's where you can over promise and under deliver because 
yeah, if you were the one running the project, you would deliver on that. But Joe's running the project. How's Joe going to do? Is Gil Gilbert's running the project? How's he going to do? And you can add, especially if you have multiple project managers, now you're getting a different product well, out to different people. when you have an people. expectations document, they can read exactly. it as well. You have to give that expectations document to the project managers, to the people that are going to be dealing with the customer as well. And it might even be a good process for you to have your project managers be the one that are reviewing that with the customer, not the salesperson, the person who's actually well, going to be delivering on I, it. I agree with that, but usually the time to get it signed is at contract. And have them do it at the contract. Absolutely. You know, um, I think, I think also with that is your values as a company, your culture as a company will help dictate those expectations for, by those employees. If you're hiring anybody off the street, hiring a heartbeat, as Jeff says, right? Uh, how do you think they're going to deliver on those expectations? Right? Well, they you, don't know. You've got to find the right people that fit your culture, that fit your values as a company that will deliver on those expectations accordingly. Uh, because ultimately that's what's going to establish you and your reputation, your brand, help you grow, help you achieve your goals, all those different things. Um, man, I don't know that we have a resource for this, do we? We've got an article you can read. Yeah, that lists out some uh, of the how stuff. to manage client expectations on my website, but we can put it in the, uh, in the show notes. Yeah. But this isn't even that hard guys. Mm -hmm. Um, it, and I'll tell you what, it will happen when you've had it. Yep. Now, some, some of you are out there, wow, that's a good idea. I'm going to go do that. Yeah. And that's delightful when I see that I have clients that yeah. this could, but it, these kind of things really happen when you've had it, yep. like my client who sold the people that I said, run away. And now I, he won't make any money on that job. He's mad. Yeah. They all oh, will pay you Wednesday and then call in to go up and get the, you know, the progress check. Oh, it's my wife's birthday. So what's it? Can we just do that on Monday? And then they forgot they had to take a trip to Chicago anyway. Yeah. So it's like two weeks getting paid. Yeah. Um, so uh, an expectations document, if we haven't been clear about it, but consists of two sections. This is what you can expect from us. Okay. That we'll, we'll, be on time. we'll communicate, we'll call you back. You know, we'll keep you in the loop. We'll tell you about the weather delays and, you know, just things that, you know, customers want from you. Yeah. And then there's a, what do we expect from you? So it's not all about what you expect from the customer. It's what they can expect from you. Right. It's, it's both. It's, it's yeah. a two-way document. And, but what you expect from the customer is they make their decisions in a timely fashion. Mm -hmm. That they acknowledge that they one day delay might kick them out two weeks, that, that they will pay the invoice yep. upon presentation and I'll pick it up and that the invoice, well, that'll be in your contract, but the invoice, um, progress payments, yeah. uh, typically, but you, you just mentioned that you call us back mm -hmm. with and acknowledge, but I can't list them out for every different kind of contractor and every different kind of customer that you have, but you know. Mm -hmm. You just think about the thing. Matter of fact, you're probably mad at somebody right now. Yep. Right. And, well, they didn't get it. They didn't understand it. One, I wouldn't leave it. No, every contractor change order document. You don't even stress over it. Get on online and find it. Can change a change order document with a date, a description of what you're doing, yeah. the, the agreed cost on that, any other terms in it. And they both sign it. And you don't do anything without that. Nope. Not at all. Because that just messes up more. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you told me, you told me, you told me. Well, and that, you know, just to help with all this stuff, um, 
we're touching on a lot of different areas because this is onboarding and we're talking about expectations. And the reason why is because onboarding is setting the expectations of you and the customer, aligning them, and then achieving them. But a lot has to happen for you to, to be able to do that. You do have to have the right people. You do have to have systems in place that allow you to accomplish things on time in a strategic fashion that's efficient and uh, streamlined. And you really have to communicate those processes as well. Hey, here's how we do this. That's what that 30 minute video that you said for Marcus mm -hmm. Sheridan. Make sure that you're outlining what the entire process is, not just what your expectations are today, but here's what the entire product's gonna look like. And here's the phases that we're gonna go through. Uh, that's for dealing with the homeowner, but you know, if you're dealing with the GC, it's not necessarily that much, but you wanna make sure that with the GC, you're communicating those payment terms. Hey, here's how we work. Here's the guys that are gonna be on your job. You know, all those different things. Um, so it, it, it covers a lot of area more than expectations, but that's the foundation of it is setting those expectations, aligning them, and then meeting them. I think the uh, setting your own expectations for your, for your company, it really does. The centerpiece of it is an expectations document that we've been describing. You're mm -hmm. going to do this, we're going to do that. And you can put that on your website. They, do go, it. they can go read that thing. Absolutely. And you can print it off. Yep. take it to the sales meeting, but they need to understand. And you'll, you'll appear to be the pro, you know, oh, what's that old football deal? You'll be deal? way more act respected. Like some coach said, act like you've been there before in the end zone. Yeah. You know, don't do the shimmy. <laughs> act like you've been there before. It's kind of, you're the professional and you politely take charge when you go in and say, I've heard what you said. Now here's how it works. Yeah. I've done this before. You never have, you don't have to say it that way, but you communicate. I've done this many times. Mm -hmm. You've never done it. And if they want to act like they did, well, then that's one that you maybe walk away from. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll give you, we'll put examples in the show notes. Um, man, anything else we want to talk about with customer onboarding and setting those expectations? I think we covered it. I think we covered it. If you have questions, reach out to us. We'd love yeah. to talk more about it. But Martin, thanks for having a deep dive together. Yes, sir. It's good to be you back. You too. All right. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Cashflow Contractor. Check out our website in the show notes or visit thecashflowcontractor.com.